everybody, welcome back to Endure, the Athlete's Story. On today's show we have Gerard McDade, a professional surfer from Ireland. Gerard's currently leading the way in Ireland with his surfing, from performance surfing and competitions, right up to big waves out at Mullock Moor and Aileen's at the Cliffs of Moher. And it was great getting chatting to Gerard, um, top surfer in Ireland, and he tells us about what it's like to actually surf in Ireland from getting perfect waves and having some of the best waves in the world but it also comes with dealing with the cold hurricane winds and just everything in between so guy also takes us through what what it takes mentally and physically to prepare for the waves that he surfs we talk about his hopes for competing for ireland in the olympics and representing ireland and he takes us through his progression in the sport from it being a hobby as a among other sports as a young kid the it being his full time profession now where he can surf every day and surf the best waves and go on surf trips and make a living from it and continue to progress on. Um so I'm sure you'll enjoy this one. This show is brought to you by EJX two coaching. I'm a triathlon coach, um, with a background in sports science and I provide lactate testing for anyone based in the northwest of Ireland. So if you're interested in getting a chat about coaching or want some advice um, or interested in getting tested, please feel free to give me a shout. You can email me on ejx2coaching at hotmail.com or get me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, be happy to have a chat um, if you have any goals this year that you need some guidance towards. So without further ado... I hope you enjoy the show. Cheers. Alright, McDade. Welcome to Endure the Athlete Story. Thanks for coming on the show. How's things? Oh yeah, thanks for having me on. Um yeah, not too bad. Trying to get through Irish winter here. Uh, getting used to surfing in the cold all the time. So uh yeah, but it's been a pretty good winter for waves so far, so can't complain too much. Good stuff. Um there's been a good run as well this last week 10 days have you been getting out much in the last or last couple of weeks yeah i've been getting out a good bit last couple of weeks there was a couple of real good days before christmas um we had one really good day out at mullockmore there just before christmas a big day that we were all towing and stuff and um yeah that was kind of the first big swell we've had this year it's been weird usually you'd have like quite a lot more before this but that was the first one and yeah it was great just being out there again getting used to surfing big waves and stuff like that again yeah. pretty fun cool um well touching that more later and explain a bit more for anyone not too sure of what mullet more is and the wave it is and the kind of magnitude and what it takes to actually just be out there so we'll touch on that a bit later in the show but first gary could you tell us a bit about yourself where are you from um that kind of thing um pretty much i'm from sligo in ireland um growing up here my whole life and got into surfing when i was nine or ten i suppose my dad got me into it uh he used to surf he was from bally shannon so he used to surf out in ross and when he was a kid uh and yeah pretty much got me and my brother and my sister all into it when we were kids and everyone tried it liked it but but for some whatever reason, I just stuck with it and loved it. And pretty much is when I yeah got to the age of 10, figured out that I really loved it and made me quit every other sport that I was playing and just uh, stuck with that. And that took up all my time. Cool. Um, what other sports were you playing at the time? The usual for someone in Ireland? Was it yeah, was or football? or Everything really. Like I was... Golf, tennis, basketball, Gaelic, football. They were like my main ones that I was like, I was really big into all of them. I was mm-hmm. a pretty competitive person. So I liked uh, competing in all different, in all the different forms of all the sports. It was pretty yeah. good. And it's, it's interesting that surfing's the one that stuck for you because I think 
especially in Ireland, it might be so different if you're in Hawaii or California, but in Ireland, even, and I suppose you can owe that to your dad, surfing would be the first thing to go in terms of a parent having to drive you there in the cold where like taking you to football or swimming is a lot easier. So it's funny or it's interesting and good, I suppose, now that you really stuck at surfing when, when you're that age and the other sports fell away. Yeah, I mean, like, my parents were always pretty supportive in all our sports. Like, they used to drive us up and down the country for everything. Like, I used to have to drive to Galway every weekend for tennis coaching. When I was younger, just had a... I was on, like, the Connacht squad for tennis when I was, like, under 10 or something. So, mm. my mum used to drive me there all the time. And then, yeah, um, got into surfing and dad just... dad used to go surfing with me all the time and then eventually as I started going surfing more and more he kind of tucked a video on me a little bit and he still goes surfing now and loves being out and about watching surfing and videoing and stuff so yeah I definitely owe it all to them to from bringing me around the whole country and standing yeah. in the cold <laughs> definitely because I remember um I don't even know what year it was but you were up in Derry and the Kaldaf for one of the competitions, the Rosie, I think it might have been the Rosie Wild Style or something. I don't know, that must be more than 10 years ago. Well, way more than 10 years ago. Like, I have um, a trophy. You, you have a trophy. I was going to say, I think you, you, you won it. So I'm sure you have a. I'll tell you what year it is there. 2010. <laughs> That's it. 2010. Shit. 12 years yeah. ago. So. Yeah, you were at what age are you now? It's 25 now. 25, so I'm putting the spot one last year. You're, <laughs> you're 12 or something, 12, 12 or 13. Or something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and you like obviously won the competition and killed everyone there when you were only 12. So I think that's that was the first competition I'd done. I was like just. I only done it because it was there on the local spot, but um, it was a good crack. But I remember, I remember seeing you there and your dad taking you up, and um, yeah, you knew at that 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 stage, like you were, you were gonna be pretty good. You were already pretty good, but it's uh, <laughs> it's cool to see that you've progressed this far and where you're at now. But um, can you tell us a bit about that those years then? So. 12, 13, 14, where you're sort of maturing and surfing better waves and stuff. Um, the, the love for the sport just continue to grow with that. Yeah, I suppose. I, as you said, like my first competitions, I started when I was 10 and then did that tour around, up around the whole Northwest. Um, all those competitions, they were really fun and that was pretty much it. Me being like super competitive, I just wanted to do every competition I could. So mm -hmm. they were great. Like as well as all the other junior contests that were going on around Ireland, I went to every single one. And then from when I was probably my first like travel international contest was when I was like 13, went to the Euro juniors. Um, uh, with the Irish team and that was my first international contest and yeah pretty much from then on just been traveling doing contests throughout Europe and the world whichever with the Irish team or being brought with my sponsors to do some pro juniors and stuff um, and yeah obviously then as you grow and in school and stuff it got pretty hard to be able to surf all the time because mm -hmm. dark here and all that in the evening. So it kind of turned into a weekend thing until uh, till transition year in in school, which I was pretty lucky. My school were pretty supportive and with, they knew I was going surfing and all that. So I took a lot of time off school in that year to go surfing and uh, travel. And yeah, that really was the year I found that most improved my surfing I think and mm -hmm. uh, just I had a number of friends that used to just bring me around the country surfing they were older than me so they could drive and yeah that was definitely the year I pretty much made my I think I made my biggest improvements and 
yeah, it's been nonstop ever since that. Mm-hmm. School, school became a lot harder to keep going to after that. <laughs> I'd say so. And did you go back to school then and finish your like secondary level? Yeah, I went like transition year down to South here is like the year between uh like before your like junior cycle and le- and senior cycle in mm-hmm. your secondary school so um i went back did my leaving cert got all that um got it done at least um look at that my mom was pretty happy i got it done <laughs> that's it that's but, the main uh, thing yeah got it done and pretty much yeah since i left school i've been lucky enough that i've had sponsors that have supported me and my parents supported me to be able to travel the world and make surfing my full career so yeah been super yeah. lucky and that's it's been great <laughs> that's class and how does that come about in terms of when you were younger just do you look for sponsors or do they come looking for you and how does that develop as you get older now and like when you're younger you might just need a board or a wetsuit and now you need sort of to make a loving or to give travel costs covered so could you tell us about about how that and how you get supported by those sponsors? Yeah, I mean, when that's it. When you're younger, you're pretty much. I was had I I was sponsored by like a couple of companies that did give me free wetsuits, free clothes from mm. when I was like thirteen, and that was amazing. Never having to buy clothes when you're that age is pretty epic. Mm. And uh, then yeah, I had like a local board sponsor that would uh, sort me out with like cheap boards and stuff. And then as you grow older, obviously, uh, and then obviously I had some, all like local businesses around Sligo were great to support when I was going to some trips that a lot of them uh, made sponsorship contributions to help me travel to some competitions when I was a junior and stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, which was great. And then, yeah, as you grow, you need more, but you need to be able to make a living. You can't... uh, be a bum forever yeah. so uh, uh i was lucky as soon as i like kind of in my last year or two of school i um got sponsored by monster and uh that kind of started i wasn't making money a lot of money i'm still not making a lot of money it's just it it keeps me going yeah. and yeah able to keep going but uh yeah that and then as soon as i left school i got sponsored by rip curl which uh, was great again they've been supporting me uh massively through my whole career now two of them as my main two sponsors and yeah then you still i still have heaps of support from heaps of local companies and stuff like that that have that have contributed over the years and yeah i'm super grateful for everybody that uh has helped me out and yes yeah it, uh, it's good cool and what is your would you say like your main focus now maybe covid's kind of wrecked things but are you still like predominantly focused on competition and getting results on in the comp- in competitions or more free surfing and i mean yeah covid did ruin a lot like i was super competition focused my whole like junior career and then the start of my senior career uh but yeah, obviously the last two years, competitions have taken a backseat to everything and kind of allowed me more to focus on getting better in free surfing side and getting scoring big waves, bigger waves at home and getting more comfortable in bigger waves and stuff like that. And that's been great as well. But I don't think I can get the competitiveness out of me. So as uh, soon as contests start back up, I'm back into them. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm trend and trying to get ready for now uh, hopefully contests will start back up properly in march so yeah uh, yeah that's obviously dependent on restrictions and stuff but mm-hmm. hopefully we can get back to normal competitions and yeah main goal really now is try qualify for the olympics in france in 2024 so that's the main goal cool and what what's the goal for that i'm like what level of competition are you at at the moment does it still like uh qualifying series or what we what's the structure of it now well they haven't actually brought out the structure of how to qualify for the that olympics yet because mm-hmm. surfing was only uh introduced in the last olympics they only allowed 20 people in 
mm-hmm. and that kit they qualified from a number of different ways. It was super complicated, yeah. like a couple of different competitions, couple of different association tours and stuff like that. So once they bring out the the structure of how to qualify, then I'll know more on that. But I'm get right now. I'm focused on there is the quali- the WSL qualifying series, mm-hmm. which is like uh, the tier two to the highest tour on in surfing mm-hmm. to get to the championship tour. Uh, but then from what happened last time to qualify for the Olympics is the World Surfing Games, the ISA World Surfing Games. Mm-hmm. Usually a number of people qualify from each year of that. So... Yeah, I don't they haven't even brought out where it's gonna be in twenty twenty two or anything. So kind of just waiting uh to find out where they're gonna be on and the structure to qualify for the Olympics. So once mm-hmm. I find that out, that'll be great and start really making plans for how to do it. Yeah. What did you think of the Olympics last year surfing on it? Uh, it looked good, yeah. I mean, the problem with it being in Japan, Japan isn't known for the best waves in the world. Mm. <laughs> to be honest, they got pretty lucky with the waves that they got. Yeah. There was a big typhoon, and it was big. It was big, stormy, and messy, but it's better. It could have been flat for the whole time that it was mm. there. And, like Japan is known to be pretty small a lot of the time, so they got lucky, and I suppose be honest i actually didn't get a chance to watch some a lot of it online or on tv or anything i just mm-hmm. seen like highlights because i think i i was traveling somewhere and they didn't have the tv channel and yeah. i couldn't get it online or whatever but you just see it seen the highlights over instagram facebook but i don't know it seemed to be received pretty well around the world and they've i've I think they've made it like a stable, a stable sport in the Olympics. So mm-hmm. that thing just never leaving. Or it's going to be in it for the next four or five Olympics. So, um, oh. yeah, it's pretty good. And do they know where it's going to be in France yet? Is it going to be hopefully in the sea, or they're not doing it in a wave pool? Are they? Or <laughs> it's actually mad. They've decided they're. It's going to be held in Tahiti. What? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, the surfing part of the Olympics in France, because Tahiti is As a owned French, France, yeah. French island. They've decided to put the surfing on in Tahiti, Shit. which is mad. Like, it's not, it's not like France doesn't have like world class waves. They could have held it in France for yeah. the easy. Uh, That's yeah, I mean, mad. Um, do they have a spot? Will it be Chopui or somewhere? Yeah, they're holding it at Chops. Have you served so, it before? Or... No, I've never been, but it's one of the places I've always wanted to go, and I feel pretty. Co- I'd feel pretty confident going yeah. there with the waves that we have here. So, I mean, I just hope I hope some of the qualifiers for it are in waves like that, Look and like not yeah. uh, not in windy, stormy beach breaks. Because uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely it's definitely somewhere I want to go for that. You would hope that they would hold the qualifiers and like similar waves i suppose but you never yeah, know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, that's and, it and does that so tell us a bit about your training then for that side of things like outside of the water are you doing anything to prepare physically for surfing yeah i mean pretty much was something that i really lacked when i was younger and never really trained or anything I don't know if it was just that I surfed so much that I kind of thought I didn't have time for it. But then in pretty much the start of COVID and maybe a year or two before, I've got really into like my training and like flexibility and mobility and all that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, a main thing I found, like, I mean, I used to be able to touch my toes a couple of years ago. I was pretty unflexible, but now I can get like my full palm on the floor and stuff. So I've, I enjoy it and makes you feel better. You're never not sore, stiff mm-hmm. or anything like that. So that's definitely something I've been, been working on heaps the last while. And then, yeah, pretty much if there's a big stint of no waves that you're keeping fit with 
like I don't really do heavyweight training, but I do some lightweight training and stuff like that. And then just uh, cardio running or on a bike or swimming or stuff like that. Just making sure you're always keeping fit on, on the off days. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the majority of the type of guests we've had on the show are either like triathletes or endurance athletes. And most of our listeners are probably in that same group of like endurance athletes and we're all very like particular about our training and like logging it and how many hours we do what what do you like on that or do you just wake up and say i'll go for a run or have you got any sort of plan or do you like record what you do i mean i don't really record what i do maybe i that could be an idea of something i should start but I mean, I know because I always know what the waves are going to be like through forecasting and stuff. Mm-hmm. I I do have plans for my days. So like if there were, if there was definitely not going to be waves, I'd have a full plan of what I was going to do in the day. You wake up, do my stretching mobility, do a light workout, go do a couple of things I have to do, do another kind of workout in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um pretty much like that or whether it maybe there wasn't going to be waves till the evening of a day i do like a workout in the morning and then surf in the evening mm-hmm. that kind of thing i have a plan of what i'm gonna do the day like at least the day before i'm gonna do it yeah and yeah pretty much how it goes because it's pretty hard with surfing you can't really plan anything like yeah you could go to sleep wake up the next day and the forecast has changed and it's actually going to be pumping today and Mm -hmm. you're gone surfing all day so it's it's definitely something you can't really plan i know it's definitely different to all yeah endurance where you can literally plan out your weeks months ahead and know exactly what you're going to be doing every day but surfing's different i can't plan anything (laughs) yeah definitely i think um like endurance athletes will do like periodization so like so many months of a certain type of training and then recover and then whatever but i think surfing kind of makes you do that like forces you to do that because you could have like 10 days of pumping waves and you're surfing flat out and then it might be flat for a few days and that's giving you that recovery but easy yeah. training or whatever and then like you're adapting and then ready to go again for the next well so kind of the waves um sort of dictate your your intensity and your like the load of training you do which is probably a good thing because most times people just get carried away and keep training until they get injured or something so um, yeah i mean like that's it i try i mean if there's going to be good waves if i know there's good waves coming i won't do like big hectic workouts that i know i'm going to be sore when the waves are going to be good because that's not what you want so Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's kind of a way I plan my thing is I do plan it around the potential waves. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have you ever, like, would you have any idea of, like, how many hours per week, like, including surfing, like, you're active or, like, because I suppose if the waves are good, you could, be, like, rack up a lot of hours in a week of, like, if wave, activity. If the waves are good, like, you'd be in the water six hours a day like you'd be in the water two three times two and a half three hours each time so just surfing you're in the water six hours a day and then if you're like i'll always pretty much try and do like a mobility thing when it, and a stretch in the evening so yeah i don't know if you call that being active so it'd yeah, be yeah. like seven hours a day yeah it's a active. lot because i think again what we're like I don't know, surfing has, like, for me, like, looking in, like, two sides of, like, that chilled-out surfer style, and then, but, as you say, like, a lot of surfers are really, like, super competitive, and you see it with these younger guys coming through, and um, the Cola Pintos, and, like, it's not, like, just chilling out and waiting for ways that are, like, training hard and doing recovery methods, and, like, you just, they see that movement, so... For me, it's um, interesting to see to see that. Like, it's not, they're not just sort of what you see in the movies, like sitting about the beach all day, just waiting. There's all, they're actually really fit. These are fit people without maybe knowing it. Like I was saying, recording all your training and being really particular about it. 
but you just on the one to yourself like there are seven hours nearly every day and if you've got a week of waves you're racking up a lot of hours training and that just makes you really really fit like no matter what you're doing if you do it that much you're getting fit so do you, do you think that's across the board with top surfers yeah i mean the, the guys that are at the top top level they train probably a lot they train definitely more than me uh those like top competitive surfers their whole like because their whole focus would be competitions they probably have a bit more of a plan mm-hmm. of like of the like what they're gonna do and how to get ready for each comp because that's their main focus so they'll mm-hmm. probably have a bit of a breakdown but then again i know a lot of the i know a lot of the top guys they're still like like me they'll just like because they love surfing so much as well they can't miss it Mm -hmm. so like it's pretty much like that but it's definitely it has changed quite a lot in the last while in the last couple of years before like surfing had that image of being like party and chilled out and Mm -hmm. not doing anything and all that but it's definitely coming around to being more of like an actual sport and surfers are actual athletes now and yeah look after their bodies look after nutrition and they're yeah so it's definitely it's definitely changed and yeah definitely for the better the things some of the kids are doing now is crazy and Mm -hmm. yeah i'm definitely starting to see that you need to start training more so that's kind of why i've been getting into it more and more in the last few years and yeah turn like actually start actually like it so it's good Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and on you mentioned nutrition there do you follow anything in particular have you had any consultation with nutritionists or anything for like like when you're doing that amount of activity for recovery and stuff i haven't actually had any consultation with nutritionist or anything it, it is something that i've been looking into to try and get um and like but it's hard with like funding and stuff mm-hmm. to be able to get access to all that kind of stuff but um but i'm trying to hopefully i don't know somehow figure out to try and get in contact with like the like olympic team people mm-hmm. to try and get in contact with their like nutritionists and trainers and all that that's what i'd really love to be able to have like, access to yeah. yeah and like know exactly what you're going to do and i mean i'm kind of doing it by myself on stuff that i look up stuff that you see mm-hmm. all the other guys advice that you get from the other top guys around the world all that kind of stuff and I just kind of try and have as healthy and as healthy diet as I can. And yeah, pretty much that's it. But definitely if I could trying, I'm trying as much as I can to get access to those, uh, those kind of things that I'm sure will help in the future for everything. Yeah, definitely. And we touched on the physical preparation there, but probably you tell me if it's equally as important or maybe more important, the mental preparation for especially big waves and um, yeah, just surfing big waves and the waves that you surf. What do you do anything particular for that or subconsciously just work your way up to it? Tell us a bit about that, the mental approach. I mean, yeah, for big waves, Around here, I was, for years, I was pretty scared. And a lot of guys knew that I wasn't really into big waves. I was scared of them. Mm-hmm. And kind of just over the years, gained more and more confidence, more confidence in my ability to know that I could do it. And then, yeah, kind of a lot of visualization of like, well, like you're watching the other guys do it. So I was like imagining myself doing it. And then mm-hmm. uh, working on, especially for that, some breath breath holding and stuff like that just seeing how long you could do it and i mean i did in indonesia i did a free diving course um and that like did just showed how long you actually can hold your breath and that gave me extra extra confidence in bigger waves it just Mm -hmm. you know pretty much unless you hit your head or something like that you're not really going to pass out from lack of oxygen because mm-hmm. well 
that's what he was telling me anyway. <laughs> uh, like, how long can you hold your breath? Uh, we did like the static holding in the pool, which was like four and a half minutes or something. Shit. That's which is, that's literally just like you're not moving head down and just yeah. floating in the pool. Like you, that's I suppose it's that. a bit different when you're getting roughed about by a 50 foot wave or something. But yeah, it definitely is. But the main thing that you have to do in that situation is just relax. Yeah. You just apply them principles that you learned just the minute you're under the water and just yeah. try and go completely relaxed. That's it for me. I know when I fall on those bigger waves, I just like completely relax, let my body just go like limp until like you just feel you're getting ragged around and whatever. And then until you feel it pass and you feel you're, you're still real deep, but you, you're not getting ragged about. So you have, then you start to swim up and, mm-hmm. um, but because i mean sometimes you try and fight a wave that's small like you fight like a three four foot wave to try to get up as quick as you can and you come up more more gassed yeah. more out of breath than you do from a 10 12 foot wave when you just relax yeah so like i mean recently i had a two wave haul down so like i fell and i didn't come up until the wave behind went over me so like that's real like realistically that's probably it's probably underwater for maybe 30 seconds like but yeah it feels like a long time underwater like, like yeah but i just like kept telling myself to relax and didn't fight it and yeah it was actually grand but yeah. the other time under the water for three four seconds that like, you're fighting it and you come up like gasping for yeah. air so yeah that was just one of the main things i learned is to keep calm really and it's, it's for anyone listening it's trying to put it in the perspective because what what size of wave are you talking about more when the biggest you've surfed there? Uh, the biggest, I mean, like there's a difference at Mullagmore where you're like paddling and towing. The biggest I've paddled would be maybe 12, 15 foot maybe. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe towed one that was maybe 20, but I've, I've kind of missed out on quite a lot of tow days. That where it is that 20, 30 foot range that I've for some reason been traveling and mm-hmm. I just missed it, which I'm pretty gutted about. <laughs> and, then, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that's kind of it for me, really. But I'm hoping this year to get a tow day where I can get some 20, 30 foot ones. Yeah. But if you're thinking that 20 foot range and it's like a heavy, when you say heavy, like thick, lapped wave that's crashing on the shallow slab of rock you can't imagine for when you try and just tell like the average person that goes down to the beach in the summer and they see like a two-foot wave coming like everyone and like, not, knocks and them they, over yeah and they're saying oh there's a massive one and like you just can't and it, it is like it might be a two-foot wave and it might be strong and it'll knock you off your feet but that's exactly. just the slight better perspective if you've ever been to the beach in the summer and it's a nice day and you get a wee small wave that knocks you over just think of how 20 times the size of that might feel um coming yeah, down top of you so you hit it, it feels like a brick wall <laughs> yeah because even like four or five six foot like you can get a pretty if it's a heavy oh. enough wave like you get a pretty nasty wipeout. but yeah i just can't i just can't fathom that size of a wave coming on top of you and i'm sure it must be like, are you thinking about that or can you just, you just have to think positive and just believe that you'll make it? Because if you think like that, it's kind of game over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's the potential for it happening and yeah, but you're not really thinking about it. You're not like going out thinking that it's going to happen. You're just, yeah, pretty much always seeing the best that you're the positive side that you're going to make it, I suppose. But, uh, yeah once you've kind of prepared you know like i know i'm fit i know i'm like able to handle it so and we always have a super good safety team out on days like that too so that's another peace of mind that even something happens there's someone's gonna be there Mm -hmm. rescue pretty much like the irish toe surf rescue are super good we always, everyone takes turns doing safety on those big days. And I mean, it's definitely has been needed a, a couple of times that 
they've needed to save people. So yeah, it is yeah. pretty good. That another peace of mind that those guys are there to help you. Yeah, but you you guys are out with like a team of safety, and obviously that makes makes it safer. But it makes you allows you to have that peace of mind and maybe push harder and go in better ways. Like these aren't just cowboys out by yourself and nobody knows you're out there. Like it's all calculated and it's all like really elite kind of safety crews. Yeah, like it is. It's fully elite safety crews. Like. A couple of the guys from here in Ireland have gone all around the world. They've been brought in to big wave surfing safety things because mm-hmm. they're known for being so good here. Like on the skis, all the guys like Peter Conroy and Dylan Stott, those guys have, they're just like as good as you can get on skis and safety. And yeah, we all take turns doing safety for each other. So like mm-hmm. I could be doing safety for a bit and well they're surfing so it's like it does you have to give back and stuff and we work pretty like with the coast guard and stuff on certain things like if there is like a crate something big happening the coast guard will be notified and so it is yeah it's not just a bunch of cowboys going out having a crack and <laughs> it's just, it's all it's all uh calculated and stuff yeah good stuff and like if you could compare Irish surfing, you mentioned the start Irish winter surfing, it's cold, like versus places you've traveled and stuff. How does Ireland compare? Because the way, like, if you just give us an insight, there are a few negative, positive and negative pros and cons about Ireland and the surf. I mean, Ireland, I've been all over the world and I have never seen a place like here with the ways we have, like, Mm-hmm. The waves here are definitely the best in the world, like without a doubt. It's just you've got to deal with the cold, you've got to deal with the storms, you got to deal with all the wind variables so that it doesn't get that good very often. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to like places like Indonesia, it's it's warm, it's clean, there's light winds all the time, there's always waves. So like it's just a whole lot easier to go surfing. You mm-hmm. you spend them. You spend two weeks there, you're surfing every single day for those two weeks, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And you're in board shorts. Whereas here, you could come here for two weeks and not leave the house because there's a hectic storm and it's blowing a hundred miles an hour outside every day. So that's the bad thing about here. And but I makes you appreciate it so much more when it is good because yeah. it doesn't happen every day. So it's it's definitely a pretty epic place and yeah everyone that travels here sees that too they come and they see how good it is but yeah nobody really likes the cold and wind and all the effort that much <laughs> yeah but i suppose that leaves for people like yourself who are here most of the year round it's like way less crowds than most other places with waves this good you sort of yeah, can sure. roll up to any spot and have it to yourself more or less especially on a a weekday <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well i mean it is getting busier just the sport's growing it's growing yeah. in ireland there's more irish people doing it so it's great to see there's heaps of kids doing it now as well so it is getting busier and even on the weekdays if the waves are good surfers somehow figure out to get off work and go surfing. yeah yeah that's true um, but uh yeah it is i think everyone's always like oh ireland's gonna get busy but Everybody in the world knows how good Ireland is all mm. the time. and But it still hasn't got that busy just because you've got all the variables, you've got all the calls. So, yeah, for the people that come, I mean, there's guys that travel here and have moved here now because the waves are so good and they just mm. don't mind the cold and stuff. But uh, it, it's great. I think it's great that the cold keeps everybody away. And, yeah. Yeah. Good for us and good and bad for us i suppose but yeah if if it was warm it'd be it'd be busier than hawaii or something like that and be hectic so yeah yeah, it's it's a bonus i suppose yeah and now that you're in a position where you can sort of surf anytime there's waves you can surf every day are you is there days that like you are you only surfing good waves or are you still like going down in small two foot 
just to get a wave like or do you just sort of leave them days behind and wait for the good days i'm pretty keen most of the time like i'll always if there's anything surfable i'll try go surf unless we've mm. had like a week of epic waves and then yeah. there's like a couple of days that aren't great i'll take those days just to rest and because you need it and stuff like that but pretty much I'll drive up and down the coast looking for waves pretty much every day unless I know that there's not really going to be anywhere surfable. Mm-hmm. And I always just want to get in at least once a day. So, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. keen. <laughs> where's local, where's your closest spot like that you surf the most there? Uh, Strand Hill in Sligo there. So that's where yeah. I just grew up surfing my whole life. I it was just get dropped there when I was a kid every morning and surf all day in the summers pretty much no matter what. So that's where i grew up oh. and started surfing i mean i feel like i haven't been out there in a long time yeah i haven't surfed in the last few months just because the ways we've had it's been pretty good elsewhere and mm-hmm. yeah but i have that's the place where if it is windy and stormy i'll just go out there it's weird just because it's my local spot and like where i grew up surfing i'll go surf anything there mm-hmm. whereas you might not surf it somewhere else yeah but, uh, yeah that's kind of where i'll always just go and just to get in the water yeah but when the waves are good you're just going to where's best on that day or pretty much you, yeah type of wave you prefer that day yeah i mean depends what how big the swell is and all that but uh yeah pretty much you'd be going to bundorn going down to Eski, down to lahinch and claire and all the spots in between and you're just yeah pretty much trying to get the best wave on the day Mm-hmm. depending on the forecast i mean if it's big you're always going to be focused on Mullockmore and the other big wave spots but then the medium days try and mix it up go some different places and yeah just try have fun with it when and go around the, the place yeah <laughs> stuff and within surfing and maybe people that you surf with or that you haven't surfed with before who are your influences who do you take um will it be style from in the water or just advice from out of the water who's your biggest influences in surfing i mean as i was growing up there was heaps of guys around strandall that i'd watch surfing like uh all the older guys there that i watched and grew up watching so i was imitating them and as i've grown older uh i mean guys like Fergal Smith, uh, Richie Fitzgerald and Mundor and all those guys I was younger they were the main guys around and mm-hmm. just watching them and then as I started to get older watching all the guys out at Molly, they were pretty much who I wa- watched and guys like Conor Maguire he was kind of he's a couple of years older than me so he was out at Molly a couple of years before me and getting crazy big ones so that was someone I watched the whole time and now like there's me and Connor that travel together and do everything together and it's still like it's like good healthy competition with each other I suppose and keep yeah. pushing each other so uh it's great that all that kind of stuff and pretty much then all those those top guys on the CT you're just watching their videos trying to imitate mm-hmm. what they're doing just to try to get to their level as far as the competition side goes. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much a mix of a mix of everything that you see now online is is what you got to watch and what you got to yeah. do. Yeah, and are you watching the videos and stopping them and replaying them and seeing how such and such did this or where their arm is when they do this? Were you that on the other? Did you just kind of find your own rhythm and style? No, yeah, definitely in like when i was a bit younger that was what i was doing you'd be stop starting all the videos and then my dad videoed me on all my sessions so i'd stop start all my own videos and mm-hmm. go through them and try to figure out how to do everything better and how you could get from where i was to what those guys are doing and yeah i still watch all the videos and pretty much try and still figure out how to get there and yeah yeah pretty much that must have been a, a big help that your dad like filmed like most of your sessions because 
I know you have a lot of like clips online, Instagram stuff like Dad Cam. He's got a lot of maybe when you don't have the pro filmers or photographers there, but your dad's there and getting the clips, you're able to watch back, see what you did right, see what you did wrong. That surely that like maybe your your dad doesn't know at the time, but like even from a young age, if you're getting that feedback all the time, it's like in swimming analysis or whatever type of stuff we would do. Unless you see what you're actually doing, you don't really know. But when you do see, you can say, oh, I can change this, change that. So looking back, is that like a massive, massive help to you that you had all, all that footage? Yeah, 100%. I mean, anyone that surfs and has seen themselves surfing, you know what you're, what it feels like you're doing and what it looks like you're doing are two completely different things. Some people like that have never seen themselves surf and then they see it and they're like, oh that's how I look on himself and like yeah. I didn't think I was doing that I thought those turns were way bigger or whatever so yeah yeah that's the same the whole time uh that was the main thing is getting videoed every session you get to break down every bit every one of your turns every one of your waves see what you're what you're doing and then really put it side by side and compare it to those best guys in the world and mm -hmm. that's how you improve pretty much yeah. as well like obviously there's the other ways of coaching as well but i seriously think that being videoed and watching it back is the best thing you can get and yeah it's pretty lucky to have my dad so keen on it to come do it the whole time when i was younger yeah. and was he able to give you like tips on do this or do that that he no surfing to that extent that he was able to give you feedback in that sense as well yeah fully like me and dad would be we'd sit down and go through the videos together. He'd be watching all the videos of the top guys as well, breaking down their things and then like giving me tips from, from what he's seen on their stuff and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was pretty good. That's cool. And because like in your big wave surfing as well, obviously, but especially in your smaller wave, if that's what we can call it. Well, when we're differentiating from Molly, it's it's small wave surfing, but it's still solid surf you're definitely in my opinion like the top in ireland in terms of your turns your airs like barrel riding like them kind of combos is that again is that just coming through you just practice like how do you practice your first air how how does that come about like because it's so technically difficult plus you're matching it with the right timing of the wave the type of wave the one how did you learn all that pretty much just repetitiveness you gotta just keep trying and trying and trying try smaller ones to start off and just like pretty much land as many small ones as you can until like you feel like you can do them and just try to go bigger it's just like the movement of progression but yeah it's so hard it's so, because surfing so different every way is different it makes yeah. it even harder to get that same section to do an air every time even it's not mm. like other sports where you get the same thing every time to try it over and over again well yeah. it technically is now because they have wave pools and stuff that mm -hmm. gonna make stuff like that easier uh but yeah it's it's just repetitiveness of trying and watching video back where did you go wrong how did you not land it where should your arms have been all that kind of stuff how you should like stay over your board more so yeah it's pretty much watching yourself surf watching the mistakes you do and just learning from them over and over again mm -hmm. and you had um a recent um i've lost the word like a, a recent clip or short film a domestic tourist that you launched a couple of weeks ago um which is just some phenomenal surfing um mixed with some big stuff paddling towing and then just that the last couple of months like i appreciate the big wave surfing but i just love watching like turns and airs and those kind of things barrels and that second last wave on that clip was just phenomenal i think is that where's that on is that pampa uh, that one's up in bundor and yeah pampa but yeah. uh yeah That's that whole sick. clip kind of cheers thanks <laughs> that whole clip kind of i kind of wanted it to be um 
I had an idea of wanting it just to be highlights of the whole winter of mm-hmm. like well, I wanted some turns, airs, everything in it. But then like the winter just ended up being nonstop kind of bigger ways, pumping mm-hmm. all the time. So I mean we got we got heaps of good fun turn stuff, airs and stuff as well, but just didn't really fit in with the whole with the whole uh, concept of it that so I'm yeah. thinking thinking of starting maybe just putting out some single sessions of my dad dad's clips of some turns and stuff uh and airs and yeah. any more performance side up on my youtube soon so for this i think um can't have enough i think if if you're getting videos in each session like you may as well just stick them up i think people people want to see them hopefully to do anyway not yeah. just annoying everybody with all the videos <laughs> Nah, definitely not um we've got a few quick fire questions if you don't mind so let's say they're quick fire but you don't have to answer them like too quick but there's just a list of questions we'll go through quick um so starting off favorite wave in the world that you surfed peak Dundorn yeah stuff definitely and oh heaviest wave you've surfed uh, to be honest, I actually think the heaviest waves probably the cliffs and Moher Islands down there. Um, yeah. I feel like I don't I don't know if it's heavier than Mullock Moher or not, but it, I find it a whole lot scarier anyway. So yeah, that, <laughs> heavier, but that's scarier. Was that the last clip, the yeah. backhand barrel? Yeah, yeah, that's a heavy, scary wave. <laughs> it looks like it. Um place you most enjoy um surfing outside of ireland favorite surf trip or place to, place uh, to be? i love one of the best surf trips i've ever been on was probably nicaragua but which it was just kind of non-stop perfect waves and we were there and it was great we had great setup and stuff but uh mm-hmm. pretty much the place i enjoy going most would be like portugal or something it's pretty it's a great winter getaway from ireland yeah mm-hmm. Funny, warm, nice, fun ways, and yes, good, it's great. <laughs> good stuff. Um, who's the person you'd most like to surf with on a remote island with perfect waves? Just you and them. Anyone? Probably great. Just bring my dad. Like just two of us going surfing would be pretty good. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. You're you're just thinking of getting the clubs. <laughs> Someone to get clubs. Um. Favorite thing to do other than surfing? Um, probably just hanging around with all my friends, chilling out with the boys, pretty much. Next best thing. <laughs> and what we probably covered this. What's one thing someone can do to improve their surfing? Pretty much consistency in the water and getting videoed. <laughs> yeah. And two things is consistency anyway. What's the most difficult situation you've been in while surfing? Like if you get into any baller or snap leashes or stranded uh, anywhere. Yeah, there was one pretty years ago, it was really random. Uh I was pretty young and there was surfing this weird little river mount thing and it's like a little sheltered bay. But on the other side of the bay is like huge big waves that like where the whole storm actually hits. And mm. I first wave paddle out wasn't that big, was nice and clean. And all of a sudden the storm came in and even the little bay I was surfing got huge. Like I might not have been that big. I was pretty young, but it, I felt like it was like six foot. First wave leash snapped and the rip was like pulling me straight out to the other like what felt like a 20 foot wave at the time like this like crazy thing out the back and i somehow just put my head down didn't even look and just started swimming in for like 10 minutes and just eventually got to shore and uh that was probably one of the scariest things that's happened to me and yeah yeah one thing stuck in my head (laughs) it's not nice when you're stuck out somewhere with no board (laughs) no definitely not it makes it a whole lot more uneasy yeah um longest straight surf session you've ever done if you can remember i actually can i reckon it was it was not that it was this winter 
I think I was in my wetsuit for like seven hours, six hours. Um, it was strange one, like in Bondoran, the tides never usually are super neap and this wave only ever usually breaks for an hour, two hours tops with the tides mm-hmm. moving so much, but the tides are so small. And it was so good that we just surfed it through the whole tide and we were out there literally nearly from bright till dark like got out of the water for me doing run arounds if i like broke a couple of boards and stuff and quick bit of water and a quick bite to eat and straight back out and yeah that was only two or three months ago but yeah that's the one i remember cool just just on that note an extra side question when you're when just like a normal surf if you're in for four hours whatever are you planning like to get out to eat or taking on some fuel or do you just stay in the water uh, I mean, most of, if you if the waves are pumping, you're pretty much surfing until you can't move anymore and you're dying for food. So it's I mean, sometimes if you know that it's going to be good all day, you don't mind getting out, getting mm-hmm. lunch, getting back in. But sometimes you don't know what it's going to do. It might not might get worse. So you kind of stay in until the bitter end, until you can't yeah. move anymore. And then go in, eat as much as you can. And if it's still good, go back out. <laughs> I have a game changer for you. I don't care if it's uh, you might get featured on Cook of the Day, but an energy gel or two, and the chest up. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Game changer. You probably I mean, there probably I, nobody does it, or people you might have brought something before, but when the, the waves are good, definitely do that. I've seen when I was in Indo, people were doing that. They had their little energy gels or honey or something in, the, in their pockets i usually just stuff a couple of bars of chocolate in my wetsuit and yeah well at least you're getting yeah. something just yeah. to keep keep the energy up exactly um, is there another sport or a challenge you'd like to complete would there be any other sport you'd like to compete in or a challenge or event you would like to do uh i'm to be honest i can't i was pretty big into golf when i was younger and i kind of want to get back into it but um, that's kind of a sport that yeah mm-hmm. I want to try and get back into and get good at again. So golf seems pretty popular among surfers, doesn't it? Like a lot yeah. of surfers golf. I think it's just it's kind of a lot of the same places where you go surfing. There's usually a golf course pretty mm-hmm. close by, so it's, it's fun. It's relaxing chill, and chilled out yeah. recovery kind of activity, I suppose. So pretty nice. much. Unless you're fucking shite at it and <laughs> it's just put your stress levels up. <laughs> just uh, aggravate it. And that's, talk, I mean, talking I from experience. <laughs> yeah, I need to get past that again and get good again. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that was good chat. And thanks a million for coming on. Really appreciate yeah. it. And wish you all the best for hunting that Olympic spot uh, years to come. So it'll be definitely good to cheer for an irish person in the olympics thank you thanks for having us on yeah hopefully hopefully you can make it happen you'll everyone will have someone to cheer for even though there's a couple of kids coming on now as well that hopefully there'll be there might hopefully be more than hopefully more than one <laughs> yeah who, who else is you can give them a shout out like what what young young kids are coming up in the irish surf scene that to watch out for there's heaps now. There's uh, there's a couple of kids in Strand Hill. Um, uh, you got a couple of kids down in La Hinch. There's actually so many of them that you can't yeah. even name them off. There's five or six really good ones in each region. And I know if I named them, I'd leave one out. Yeah, yeah. we'll <laughs> leave it. We'll so leave it at that. They're definitely in each region here. Blahinch, Tremor, Bondoran, there's groups of kids everywhere that are that are really surfing good. So yeah, Irish surfing's in good hands with them. Sweet. Good stuff. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. So show's over. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Garrod and thanks to Garrod for coming on the show and giving us his time, giving us an insight into the life of a professional surfer in Ireland. Um, if you did enjoy the show, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review or share it on to someone that might be interested in listening. Um, wherever you listen to your podcasts, just if you just subscribe and that, you'll always be notified for the next one. 
Um, we have a new show every Wednesday, another great guest next week. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. See ya.